As we mentioned earlier, this is M&M Day, Missionaries and Mother's Day, as we celebrate ladies uh, this morning. And what we have here is some, a couple mini messages. Uh, Matt's going to come, who's been working with our young adults and some other areas of ministry, and he's going to uh, share with you a, a message challenging um, our ladies this morning and encourage them as well. And then I'm going to come up with a mini message as well. So in case you get nervous, these aren't full hour-long messages, but uh, even though there are many messages, they have major points for our lives. So let's give Matt a warm welcome as he comes. All right, well, thank you. Um, so uh, it's the second time I've sat through that uh, t today with uh, the Niles message about what they're working on and doing and God's work being done through them, and uh, it's just really neat um, how God is working through their lives and touching people in other parts of the world, and then how we're involved with that, too, so um, I've been blessed by them being here today, and I hope you have, too. Um, well, as Pastor Mike just said, I came, I'm uh, doing just a few, th saying a few things about Mother's Day uh, today, and a couple days ago, I was scrolling through Facebook and I happened to come across this posting from a preschool. So a preschool posted this picture on their Facebook website, and it was a picture of a whiteboard. And on the whiteboard, it had a question uh, written out that said, what do moms do for me? And of course, all these preschoolers gave all their answers about what moms do for them, and the teachers wrote it down, and they compiled this list. And so I just wanted to share just a couple of those things in the spirit of Mother's Day on what, how preschoolers uh, think of their moms. And again, they're answering the question, what does mom do for me? So here are some of the things that moms do. One, she keeps me safe. Two, she, she buys me toys. She loves me. She helps me clean up my room. She puts a Band-Aid on my scrapes. She takes me to Disneyland. That would probably be my daughter's favorite thing on there. So um, she, she washes my clothes. She makes every day fun. And I just thought, man, that mom has a lot to live up to. <laughs> and I wonder what all those fun things are. So, and then the, another one is, she gives me cookies when I am sad. My mom didn't do that for me, <laughs> but that's okay. I, I still love my mom very much. Um, and the other one is that they wrote down is she takes us to church. And so, you know, isn't it true that moms do so much for us? They do a lot for us. And these are just a few of the things that moms do. I'm sure if we came up with our own whiteboard and we were to ask that question, we could fill the whole space in. And when reading... Uh, all the lists that I read of what those kids had, had written down, I couldn't help but notice a couple things about how preschoolers view their moms. And, and one of those things that I noticed was they tend to view their mom as a heroic figure in their life. And they also tend to view their mom as, as a teacher who teaches them all kinds of things about life. And so, moms, thank you so much for all that you do and that you teach us and all of that is a gift to us. So thank you. You are such a gift to us for everything that you teach us uh, about life. 
And that's kind of where I wanted to talk about today is, is this idea of gifts and, and two particular kinds of gifts uh, that, to talk about here on Mother's Day. And both of these gifts are, are, on, are ongoing kind of gifts. They just don't have to be for, for today. And one of those gifts is the gift that mothers can give to their children, and the other is the gift that children can then give to their, their mothers. And so, you know, moms, again, do so much for us, and they are such a gift to us for all that they teach us. But as I was thinking about, you know, what is perhaps the greatest gift that a mother can give to her children? Um, I think some of it was alluded to in, in the presentation uh, by Catherine, and that is, I think, Perhaps the greatest gift that a mother can give her children is leaving their children with a spiritual legacy for the life of their kids. And in the, in the New Testament, Paul, well, before we get to that, um, just in the Bible in general, there, it has a lot to say to both parents and mothers about being the primary teachers and influencers in your children's spiritual lives. And in the New Testament, Paul writes to his protege, Timothy, in, in 2 Corinthians 1.5, and he just encourages Timothy and reminds Timothy of the great spiritual legacy that has been passed down to him by both his mother and his grandmother. And that verse, 2 Timothy 1.5, says this. Again, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. So again, Paul's just encouraging his protege Timothy in his faith. You know, he's, he's certainly saved by Jesus. He's, he's following Jesus. But Paul is encouraging him that he has a rich spiritual legacy and inheritance that was passed down to him from his mother and grandmother that gave him just such a great foundation for life, and, and these women helped train him up in the direction that he should go, which ultimately was to follow and serve the Lord. And so just as Timothy received a spiritual legacy from his mother and grandmother, I too have received a spiritual legacy from my mother, and my mother received a spiritual legacy from her grandmother, Grandma Hazel, and I just wanted to share a few things about my mom's story with, with her grandmother, um, because that in turn impacts my life. Um, my mom grew up in a home that she calls, uh, let's just say, a dry spiritual climate, or maybe you might want to exchange the word dry for dead to describe the spiritual climate in my mom's home growing up. My mom was someone that would go to church regularly, with her parents, um, but whatever was talked about at church, they never talked about it at home. Um, my mom wasn't read Bible stories as a child, and uh, another thing is that she um, didn't talk about Jesus in her home. That wasn't like a subject matter to be talked about in the home. And so occasionally my mom would need to be watched and babysat, and so her parents would take her to Grandma Hazel's house, and that home environment in the spiritual sense couldn't be more radically different than the home that she grew up in. My mom describes Grandma Hazel's home as a home that was, uh, it just had a, a rich, vibrant, strong spiritual atmosphere in the home. 
And uh, one of the things that my mom did whenever she was there is she would hear uh, Bible stories on record. And one of the Bible stories that she heard on, on a record player was of the story of Cain and Abel and how God couldn't stand sin. That's what she learned from the story of Cain and Abel. And my mom was just in awe of that. And there was also a picture in Grandma Hazel's bedroom of Jesus standing at the door knocking to come in. And so that was something that was a visual in, in their home that my, my mom remembers seeing. Uh, it was in her grandma's home. Another uh, important thing was that Grandma Hazel's Bible was always laid out on her desk in the open of the living room so that whenever my mom was there, she could see what Grandma Hazel was reading. And Grandma Hazel would take the time to talk to her about what she was reading, and, and she would explain it and teach it to my mom. So my mom learned how to read and understand scripture through her, her grandmother. And my grandmother would also take her to church. And one of the things my mom learned about being at church was about worship, how to worship the Lord. Because in the church that she went to Grandma Hazel with, they sang songs about Jesus which was kind of a revolutionary thing for my mom because the church that she grew up in, they just sang songs about God. So to hear songs sung about Jesus was kind of a revolutionary thing to my mother. Grandma Hazel also taught my mom how to pray. They would pray together over lunch and, and dinner using scripture. So my mom learned how to pray by being at Grandma Hazel's house. Uh, Hazel was someone who would talk to my mom about you know, the second coming of Jesus. She was someone who was bold in her faith. She was someone who taught Sunday school in her church for 50 years. I don't know if too many people live in one particular place anymore that long where they can do something like that, but uh, that's what she did, and that was who she was. Um, she was also someone, my mom tells me, that was pure in her speech and how she talked to other people um, and thought about other people. If uh, she had a difficult circumstance in her life or if there were other people in her lives that had a tough time going for them, uh, she wasn't someone that was going to cut those people down, but instead would just simply ask for prayer, either for herself or for the person going through a difficult time. And, you know, what comes to my mind when I think about Grandma Hazel's life and the impact that she made uh, on my mom, I think about Deuteronomy 6 verses 6 to 9. And, and here's what it says. It says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And this is, you know, God talking to the Israelites. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your home, when you walk by the way or the road, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. So Grandma Hazel kept her relationship with Christ as primary in her life. That was always the focus, the narrow focus of her life. And she would share that with both people within her own family and outside of her family. And to this day, my mom esteems Grandma Hazel for this spiritual legacy and impact that she had on my mom's life, which basically helped lay a foundation in my mom's life for her coming to salvation when she was in college. And just as um, 
My mom's spiritual legacy came from Grandma Hazel, and that was the greatest gift that she received from my grandma. My mom's spiritual legacy to me is the greatest gift my mom can give to me and has given to me. And the greatest gift that my wife can then give to our daughters is her spiritual legacy. And so, so mothers here today, you know, leaving your children a strong spiritual legacy is the greatest gift that you can give your children, not just from an eternal perspective, but because your children's spiritual life impacts all other areas of life. And I was just reminded of that uh, listening to, to Catherine's testimony this morning. It just, the ripple effect is amazing. You can't even begin to think and see um, of how God can use all of that, but he does. And so this brings us to the second Mother's Day gift, and um, some of this I'm going to kind of do on the fly a little bit differently because in the morning it was, I have, there's more younger children in the audience. Um, so maybe you can think of the word children, or maybe I can substitute the word grandchildren, and you can, you as grandparents, the majority of you who are grandparents here who can, uh, you know, encourage your grandchildren in this way. Um, but the second gift that I want to talk, talk about is, is the gift that children or grandchildren can give to their parents. And again, this is an ongoing gift uh, that they can do for, for their moms. And really, it's to, to honor them by offering your obedience to them. And in Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, the, the classic passage that you know, my parents held over my head every now and then if they needed to, to do something, <laughs> was children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And so Paul is saying that children are to follow uh, their parents' instructions, they're to come under their submission and obey them as a way of pleasing Jesus. And the reason that obedience is a good thing to do and the right thing to do is because God says it's the right thing to do. And whenever God says something is right, when he says something is, is true and good, then we want to pay attention to that. And we want to be faithful to that. We want to honor what God says um, and take it to heart and obey. And um, you know, the question comes up for, for kids is, well, what if my parents are telling me something that is against God's word? Do I obey the parents or obey God's word? And, of course, the answer is you obey God's word as it is the ultimate authority and guide for how to live your life. And so Paul goes on to say that, that really children of all ages should honor their fathers and mothers. And that to honor really has to do with our, our attitude towards, towards our parents and our mothers. Um, the honoring has to do with valuing them, giving them our respect, revering them. And so some ways that, that we can just do that practically is in how we talk about our parents. We can show how much we highly value them by, by how we talk about them and how we praise them. Uh, another would be how we serve them and the things that we do for them and provide and um, those are other ways that, that we can help to honor our parents. And so Paul is including the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. That command that he's writing there, honor your mother and father, is the fifth command from the Ten Commandments. And that was such a key commandment 
to the Israelite community because it's helped set the right priorities for how to live uh, the, their social life. So if the family was going well, then society would probably go well. If the family unit was breaking down, then there'd be disorder in society. And so it was a very key commandment to help provide for the just ordering and the right ordering for society. And even Jesus himself summed up the whole Ten Commandments by taking the first half and saying, that's all about loving God with everything you have. And the second part, which this is the beginning to that second part, has to do with loving your neighbor as yourself. So children, grandchildren, can begin to learn how to love their neighbor as themselves right within their own immediate family. And Pastor Mike is going to come up here now and share the third part of our messages today. Um, so I'll have him come up here. Thank you, Matt. In many ways, we've already had two messages, as Matt shared his, and, and Wayne and Catherine shared uh, their heart. And it really comes together when you think of Wayne and Catherine and being generational missionaries and pouring their life into their children. Uh, they have left a spiritual legacy, and they were given a spiritual legacy. They lived out what Matt was preaching. And, and sometimes when you hear that, however, it can be somewhat discouraging, but you're saying, I, I can't measure up to Wayne and Catherine, or I can't measure up to some other models I know that, that seem to do everything right. Uh, but part of you need to realize that those who seem to do everything right didn't what? Do everything right. And the really issue is we think about a Mother's Day or Lady's Day is God wants us to, to recognize what has happened in our past, but really what he wants us to focus on is what can I do today and, and what's my future going to be? And so we entitled uh, this string of messages, Are You Listening? Are, are you listening to what God wants you to do as you've heard it done in someone else's life, the Wayne and Catherine Niles, as they have impacted lies for Christ because they were willing to put the world behind them and the cross before them and realize what is more important than anything else, and that's living a life that God has created us for us to live. And then as Matt has shared, what does that look like really specifically? It means I'm committed to leave a legacy. As people look at my life, they can see that's, that's a life that was lived for Christ, and I want others to really know what that looks like and how they can live it. And then seeing on the other end, as you see people give legacies, people who can influence your life, whether they are your parents or other people in your life that are significant to, to you, can you honor them by trying to follow after their example? But what I want to touch on just really, really briefly is, is, is look at some wisdom that the, the Word of God has given us. And it's from the, the book of Proverbs, and we've been reading through that, uh, at least a number of us, through the, or the PT with God, personal time with God. And there's much that could be said about what I'm going to be looking at. But primarily what I want to say is, is, is we listen up or remember this. There are some things that we want to point people toward that are going to help them uh, strategically in life to live out God's plan for their life. And there are many things in the Word of God that speak pretty profoundly and simply. And the issue is not simply knowing it, but, but actually doing it. For many of you, you know that the book of Proverbs was written by Solomon. In fact, uh, recently I had someone ask me, well, well, if Solomon was so wise, then how come he messed up so much? Anybody ever think about that? You know, Solomon started off pretty well, and then it didn't seem to end very well. In fact, he wrote a, 
uh, a book of the Bible kind of talking about his experiences in terms of Ecclesiastes about not always living out. It was what he really knew. It, it was futile. It was futile. It was vain. It's vain. And it's one thing to know truth, and it's another thing to put it into practice. And, and Solomon probably wrote much of the Proverbs that are recorded for us in the book of Proverbs when he was younger in life and hadn't fallen down the wrong path. And if he had just listened to what God had told them, then he would have been preserved or he would have been prevented from going down that wrong path. And so I wanted to share with you three things that we could say to ourselves or to others concerning living out a, a spiritual legacy for others to follow. And first of all, I want to put in the context of, uh, of Mother's Day or Ladies' Day. And in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, it says this, Hear, my son, your father's instruction. So men, we do have a role in influencing others. And then it says, And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. In other words, they, they can allow your life to just uh, bloom and experience all that the beauty of following Wise advice should take it down. In Proverbs 6, 20 and 21, it kind of says the same thing. My son, do not forsake the teaching of your mother, but bind them continually on your heart. And then Proverbs 10, 1 and 2 says, A foolish son is a grief to his mother. So what's the what's solution? We'll follow after things that that have been taught or could have been taught or should have been taught. And, and it's pretty plain. Proverbs basically says profound truth and very pithy statements. And so I just want to give you three things you've probably heard all your life, but let's just remind ourselves, whatever gender we, are, gender we are, whether it's male or female, that this is what we can teach, not only with words, but with actions. What is a wise way to live? And I would say number one is this, learn to just say no. Have you ever heard that before? Well, it wasn't started just with a drug program a, a number of years ago in America, but it was really a, a statement by God through Solomon that there are certain things you simply need to say no to. In Proverbs chapter, 10, verse, um, chapter, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10, we have these words. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Which simply says in another way, just say no. If you don't learn to say no to certain things, then you really won't be able to say yes to other things. Have you found that to be true? If you don't say no to certain things, you can't say yes to other things because your, your life is already surrounded by the things you weren't able to say no to. There's a warning in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32, for the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacencies of fools will destroy them. And how many times do we look back at our life and the things that we're so thankful for are not only things we said yes to, but the things we said what? No to. But again, that's not living in the past, it's looking into the, the present and the future. What are some things as we all look forward to today and tomorrow, what things are we prepared to say no to? Solomon said no to a lot of things, but then eventually he said what to it? He said yes, and he went down the wrong path. But not only do we need to learn to say no, but also, uh, have you ever heard this one? Do not be lazy. Anybody, anybody get kind of got challenged about what you were doing with your life? Well, that came from a mother, it came from fathers, and it came from God through Solomon. He said this, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. And simply, as we think about you know, why are we in the state we're in, sometimes it's circumstances beyond our control, but sometimes we haven't heeded the words of a mother or a father or 
another influencing, influential person in our life, and, and, they, and they told us to be diligent. They, they told us to be, have a great work ethic, and we had a tendency to, to kind of sit back and allow the world to come to us, and, and we weren't proactive in doing the things we know and knew we should, should do. He says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6, Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise. Uh, you, know, you think of those little creatures, those little ants, and we don't think very significant about them until you, we look at their work ethic. And, and really, the, the writer of Proverbs here, Solomon, says there are only two kinds of people here. They're ants and they're sluggards, right? There are people who are lazy and there are people who work hard. So just look at the person next to you. Do you think they're an ant or a sluggard this morning? Just go ahead and, uh, yeah. You know, we can do a lot in terms of living out the life God has for us. It's just recognizing that we, we are called to, to move out in action. We are to be diligent. We are to be faithful. One of the things I'm so appreciative of my parents, uh, both my mom and my dad, is that they really set the example of having a, a work ethic. They've always worked hard, even during retirement years, even during times where you you could have you know, seen people just do nothing, and they were always diligent. And for us in, in this particular service, that, that can be an example that we set before others, that we're, we're not going to be lazy about anything that's important in life. These are profound truths that, that aren't necessarily new, but they aren't always, always applied in our lives. Learn to just say no. <laughs> Don't be lazy. And, and then... The point I want to leave you this morning, the last one, is, is really, I guess, in many ways, is, is stated to professional speakers or people who talk for a living. Now listen to what he says here. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, he says, Where there are many words, transgression or sin is what? Unavoidable. The, the more you say, eventually you're going to get yourself in trouble. Isn't that true? And so a very simple point is, uh, be careful about talking too much. And doesn't that sometimes happen? We, we say a lot, but we don't always do a lot. We, we, we talk a good game, but it's pretty hard for us to live it out. And so as we think about people who leave a legacy, it's left not only in what they said, but even more powerfully in how they lived. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 28, it says this, Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. So this morning, we, we want to leave you with something that we want you to listen to. And first of all, with Wayne and Catherine, we want you to realize that you have simply two people that decide, I want my life and the lives in our family count for eternity. And they would say to all of us, it doesn't matter that whether you get called to the Congo or to Haiti where they had been before, but, but wherever you live, are you living in such a way that you want people to realize the most important truth in your life is Jesus, the one who gives us life, life with purpose, but life that means everything for those who come to know him in a personal way. Then, then are you listening as we think about what Matt had to share with us today, that Wherever we go, we, we ought to be representing Him well. Whether we're sitting down, lie, lying down, whether we're walking in the way, we have opportunity with our conversation and our action to leave a legacy that Jesus is the most important person in our life. And whether it's to your children or other people's children, people are watching all the time. 
It has been said many, many times that the, the first Bible anybody reads is the Bible written on the life of another Christian that they see it's really true and real because they can see it lived out in their life. You know, sometimes it's said that the, the people you don't want to be around is MKs and PKs. Well, those aren't weapons, you know. Those are missionary kids and preacher's kids because they get so often turned off by spiritual things because they see it all around them. Then they see the hypocrisy, sometimes in their home or sometimes around the people that, that others are ministering to. But then you see at times where the legacy is left, where people can see the reality of Jesus in people's lives. There's been a left a legacy. And then when you think about very simple truth, that God has some profound things to say that we've heard many times before, but it has such great impact when we live it out. Learn to just say no. Don't be lazy and realize that sometimes it's better to say less than more. We all want to listen up and live it out. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you so much that you've called us to, to, to be people that realize we all have paths that aren't perfect. We all struggle with things presently, and we have some fears in the future. But what you're concerned about more than anything else is what's the direction of our life? Are we just aimlessly doing our own thing? Are we just pursuing what this world has to offer? Are we only looking for a little bit more and, and, and looking for the happiness that is found in circumstances? Or do we find that, that real joy is found in a person who made us and sent his son to die for us? And Father, there might be some people here today that, that don't know Jesus in a personal way. They, they might be a lot like Matt's mom who, who heard people talk about God, but it wasn't in a personal way. And then all of a sudden the legacy of a grandmother or someone else who has influence in our lives, and we begin to see there must be something to this Jesus thing because I can see it in someone's life. And Father, we pray out of the truth of God's word, out of the examples we've had here on the stage, that anyone here that doesn't know Jesus might make this the day where they admit their need and turn from that which separates us from you, which is our own sin. They might believe in their heart that Jesus Christ did die for us and rose again. And, and then come to that point where they commit themselves to Jesus Christ as the leader of their life and their Savior. And that's done as simply as, as just talking with you and saying, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person on the inside. Help me to live out a life that's worth living for now and for eternity. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand as we sing this morning. If